Hi, thank you for being here today. Welcome to the Kate T. Benson podcast. My name is Kate T. Benson. I believe that for the first time in history, enlightenment is available to all of us. I also believe that we can experience a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad on our way to enlightenment. The focus in today's episode is on identity and how we can achieve both enlightenment as well as more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment by developing flexibility in our identity. So enlightenment is the experience of universal consciousness and it is bliss. And personal consciousness for most of us is the experience of the ego. So a lot of good experiences and thoughts and feelings and a lot of not so good experiences and thoughts and feelings. And by more good and less bad, I mean freedom. The freedom to choose our thoughts and feelings in any given set of circumstances. Imagine what you could do with no more anxiety. And flexibility in our identity is about freedom. Flexibility sets us free. It sets us free to choose our thoughts and feelings. And it sets us free to choose who we want to be, which sets us free to be the fullness of who we really are. And for most folks, the freedom to be who we really are is about being bigger than we even think we can be. Because you are. So what does flexibility in our identity look like? It looks like getting a little space, a little breathing room from the stories that we tell ourselves and others about who we are. And this is what I call our ego-based storyline. So if you've ever written like a personal statement or just met someone and gotten to know them and told them about who you are, that's your ego-based storyline. And I'll explain a little bit more in a few minutes, but first I wanna mention that last week I shared an exercise for developing identity flexibility. And this week I'm gonna share a super short version, but first I just wanna say a little bit more about what I mean by identity. So my background is that I did a master's in psychology at A&M and my master's thesis was on identity. And out of everything that I've read, my favorite summary for identity is that your identity is all the answers that you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice in Alice in Wonderland. You remember that? Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And so just for example, grown-up Alice might say to the Cheshire Cat, like, oh, who are we? Well, we're a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector meaning that all of those things are a part of Alice's identity. There are a lot of different ways to think about identity and a lot of theories about what identity is. Like even just from within psychology, there are a lot of different words that are used for identity, like self and self-concept. But to keep things super simple, I'm just gonna share some super simple one sentence summaries for identity. 
So there's one according to William James. And so stream of consciousness, if you've ever heard that phrase, that's William James. And so according to William James, our identity is the collection of stories that we tell ourselves about who and what we are. So when Alice says, I'm a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector, like that's Alice's summary of their, their, their story, their ego-based storyline. And then there's identity according to Eric Erickson, which is that identity is basically all the social roles that you fill. And social roles are basically the answers that we can come up with to the Cheshire Cats question, who are you? So Alice says, I'm a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. Like each one of those is a social role. And just to give an example from, of, from business, like there's personal brand, which is like not so much the social roles that you fill, like being a researcher or a stamp collector, but the personal style that you bring when filling those roles. So for instance, perhaps you value being kind. And so being kind is a part of the personal style that you would bring when filling the role of being a researcher or a stamp collector. So I want to talk a little bit about the ego. In psychology, the ego is usually mentioned referring to Freud, like the id and the superego and stuff like that. Or when we talk about the ego in day-to-day -day speech, it's usually a reference to like somebody has a big ego, like their personality style. But when we're talking about developing flexibility in our identity, we're talking about the ego as it's usually talked about in spirituality. So in spirituality, I think a helpful metaphor is just to think about the ego like a creature suit. Okay, stay with me. So picture yourself as this tiny little droplet of water within the ocean. And the ego is like a creature suit that you wrap around yourself to keep yourself separate from the ocean. So it turns out that the ocean is like who we really are. And who we really are is universal consciousness or y'all might say like God or your God self, that that's what we really are. But what we think we are is just this tiny little droplet of water. And the way the ego keeps us feeling like we're just this tiny little droplet of water is with our ego-based storyline. And that's your personal story, like your sense of who you are and all your answers that you can come up with that you would give to the Cheshire cat um, that you know, the Alice gave to the Cheshire cat. And you hear the ego coming up with that story all day long as a running monologue in your head of comparisons to other people. So it's the the stuff in the head that sounds something like I'm better than so and so I'm not as good as they are. I'm not as good as I should be, etc. And the ego, so the ego, it's it's kind of like a whale using echolocation, like it's bouncing, like it, so a whale uses like sound waves, it bounces sound waves off of everything around it, like to know where it is in the water. And that's basically what the ego is doing in your own head, like to give you a sense of who you are and how you are, like relative to everyone and everything around you. And you hear that as this ongoing monologue in your head, like all day long. So when we realize that we're not actually this tiny little droplet of water, like that that's just this ego-based storyline that we bought into, like then we realize that there's a whole lot of opportunity. There is an ocean of opportunity. If you want to experience enlightenment, you can go all the way to universal consciousness, 
or you can just have a little bit more flexibility in your ego creature suit. So flexibility in our ego creature suit, that's about flexibility in our identity. And flexibility in our identity, that's about freedom. Flexibility sets us free. Free to choose our thoughts and feelings, free to choose who we want to be. And that sets us free to be the fullness of who we really are. And for most of us, being who we really are is about being bigger than we even think that we can be because you are. So to help with developing flexibility in y'all's identity, I created a full length exercise and I published that last week. And for those of you watching, there's a link below. And if you're listening, there's a link in the episode notes. And that exercise was designed to bring you all the way to enlightenment, which means it's designed to sort of maximize your freedom. So when you're ready, I would definitely check that out. But so that you can try it out this week, I'm going to share just a super simple, quick summary version of the full exercise. So grab a pen and paper or your phone or just something to jot a couple of words down with. Okay, so press pause now and go grab something. Okay, so to get started, I want you to pick the most important person in your life. Like the nature of the relationship, it it doesn't matter. Just if I say, who's the most important person in your life? Like who comes to mind? Use them. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to pick a memory for that person. So I'll use Alice as an example. So Alice identified, so Alice said, I'm a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. And so they identified one of their important relationships uh, and one of their important social roles as being a mom. So Alice has a 12-year-old who identifies female. And Alice has a favorite memory of their daughter from many years ago, like of playing in the mud together after the rain and making mud pies. It was just Alice's daughter and Alice on a particular day, having the time of their lives outside after the rain. There was a rainbow and they all had muck boots on and they decided to make mud pies. And there was one moment where Alice's daughter looked over her shoulder at her mother and Alice will never forget the smile on their daughter's face. And so that's the memory. Like if Alice really wanted to remember like a core memory of Alice's daughter, that's the memory that Alice would bring to mind. Okay, so it's y'all's turn. So we're going to find a memory for your most important relationship that y'all picked. And it can be a current or a distant memory, and it can be a big deal memory, like a special event, but it can also just be whatever comes to mind, like what y'all see most often with them. And then once you have that memory, pick just two or three words that describe that memory like to help bring that memory to mind. So for example, Alice would pick rainy day to remember their day with their daughter. Okay, so let's pause now and take a moment to find a memory for your most important relationship that y'all picked out. And then once you find that memory, pick just two or three words that you wanna use for describing and recalling that memory and then write those words down. Okay, press pause now and go do that. Okay, now that y'all have two or three words written down for recalling a memory, 
Now we're going to practice visualizing the memory. And so we'll use the two to two or three word prompts to bring up that memory. So for example, Alice's prompt was rainy day, like to bring to mind playing with the mud in the mud with their daughter. So Alice would just say rainy day to bring up that memory. And then Alice would visualize that memory, thinking about making mud pies with their daughter. And Alice would really focus on that one moment where their daughter looked over her shoulder at her mother and the smile on their daughter's face and the joy that Alice felt. So right now, look at the words that you left to recall a memory for y'all's most important relationship and use those words to bring that memory up, meaning in your mind, go back to that day. So where were y'all? And what were y'all sitting? Like, where were y'all sitting? Or, and how were y'all stand? Or how were y'all standing? And what were y'all wearing? And how did y'all's clothes feel? And how did y'all feel? And what were the sights and the sounds and the smells of the room? So, okay, go ahead and hit pause now and take a minute or two to just sit in that memory and just kind of marinate in it. So I'll be here when y'all are ready. Okay, great job using your prompt to visualize your memories. Let's take a moment to congratulate ourselves. You can just say, good job or well done. And now that y'all have practiced using the prompts to recall and visualize all like the, that your core memory for this, uh, this person who's most important to you, next we're gonna practice letting go of that memory. And not just letting go of the memory, but letting go of the part of us that is that relationship. So for example, Alice would bring up this wonderful memory that they have of making mud pies with their daughter and the smile on their daughter's face and the joy that Alice felt in their heart. And Alice would embrace that memory, like for just a moment, would let it wash over. And then Alice would let it go as if Alice had just awoken from a lovely dream. And Alice would then say, I am no longer a mother. And then Alice would feel that loss. And Alice would grieve the loss of their daughter because even if it was just a dream, it felt so real. And to grieve here means to really feel the loss, like to feel the aching in your chest and the emptiness in the pit of your stomach. So now it's y'all's turn to practice bringing all bringing your memory up and letting letting that go and grieving it. So take a look at the memory prompt for your most important relationship that y'all picked out, and bring up that memory and bring up that memory in its richest form, like with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and just sit with all of that and just marinate in that moment. Like just take a moment now, like just take a minute now, like with me to just sit with that memory. Okay, and now say, this memory, this memory that I am or that we are enjoying right now, the person in this memory, they're gone. 
they are no more. And I am or we are no longer a mother, a daughter, a sister, or whatever that significant relationship was. And while the focus seems like it's on the loss of this significant person, and yes, they are gone, but the focus here is on the loss of the relationship. It's on you, that you are no longer a mother, a daughter, a sister, or whatever that relationship was. So now on your own, you want to go ahead and hit pause and take a minute or two to wrestle with the idea that this person that you may have just seen this morning, that they're gone now. And then grieve, like grieve that they are gone, that you are no longer a mother, daughter, a sister, or whatever that significant relationship was. Okay, I'll be here when y'all are ready. Okay, and that is a super quick version of the extended exercise for developing identity flexibility. This exercise is not easy, but if you can do it, it will help to create flexibility in your identity. And flexibility in our identity is about freedom. Flexibility sets us free, free to choose our thoughts and feelings and free to choose who we wanna be which sets us free to be the fullness of who we really are. And for most of us, being who we really are is about being bigger than we think we can be, because you are. <laughs> and again, I know this exercise is not easy, but just trust me that when you can be comfortable playing around with the idea that you no longer have some social relationship that's really important to you, like being married to the person that you're married to or the parent of the person that you're a parent of, and that you're not come that you're not like a you're not the social identity, like being a spouse or being a parent, that is flexibility in your identity. And flexibility in our identity is about freedom. Like identity flexibility sets us free, free to choose our thoughts and feelings and free to choose who we want to be, which sets us free to be the fullness of who we really are. And for most folks, that's about being bigger than we even think that we can be because you are. All right, so this week we walked through an exercise for creating flexibility in your identity. It's a very powerful exercise and you may find yourself overwhelmed by it. If that's the case, just give yourself some time and space and come back to it, but come back to it. Because again, I know this exercise is not easy, but just trust me that when you can be comfortable playing around with the idea that you no longer have some social relationship that's really important to you, like being married to the person that you're married to or the parent of the person that you're a parent of, and that you're not that social identity, like being a spouse or being a parent, that is flexibility in your identity. And flexibility in our identity is about freedom. Like identity flexibility sets us free free to choose our thoughts and feelings and free to choose who we want to be, which sets us free to be the fullness of who we really are. And for most folks, that's about being bigger than we even think we can be 
because you are. Okay, that was what I wanted to share today. I would be so very grateful for any feedback. And if y'all are curious about me, you can learn more and sign up for my newsletter at kate-t-benson.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kate T. Benson and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so much for your time. I see you. I appreciate you. Until next time. Namaste.